else, God. Nothing else, God. Thank you, God. There's nothing else we want. There's nothing else we need. You are everything. We just want you, God, nothing else. Thank you, God. We love you. Transformation Church, if you want nothing but God today, let's just give him a hand. Just worship him. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Good morning. You guys can be seated or good afternoon. I guess we are now. I'm Sandra Goldenberg, for those of you that don't know me. Um, I'm Jamie's wife and part of the team here at Transformation Church. I truly love being in God's house with you guys. I'm so happy that I get to share a little of my story with you today. Uh, You guys are my family, la familia, mi familia. Um, My prayer is that each one of you, single or not, since I'm talking about singleness today, uh, my prayer is that each one of you will be able to receive something from God's word. Um, I like to think of it like this, like you take something home in your basket. Um, Some of you will leave with more in your basket than others, but hopefully God will speak some truth or some encouragement uh, for you today that you can just chew on through the week or pull back out of your basket. I do have a little disclaimer this morning. Um, I am speaking from a slightly woman's perspective. Uh, and, um, and this is one person's story. So as I share my story, there's, there's many perspectives that I, I haven't walked. People that have been called to singleness, single by choice, single again, other perspectives. But my prayer is that you won't tune me out. If you, if you feel like you might not be able to identify, just see what God wants to speak this morning. Um, So if y'all pray with me, we'll jump in. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this family, your family, God. We look to you and uh, we open our hearts and our ears to hear what you want to speak today. In Jesus' name, amen. So during this um, La Familia series about the family, our team really felt like we need to take a Sunday to talk about singleness. 45% of adults are currently living single. So while it's healthy and we feel like it's really necessary for single people to be a part of marriage series and talk about marriage, because a single person can underthink or overthink marriage, and that's not healthy. But we also need to talk about living single. Singleness can be a gift, maybe only for a finite period of time. Uh, It can feel like to infinity and beyond. Um, By the way, how many people in here single celebrated Valentine's Day this weekend? All right, all right. Well, I did not celebrate Valentine's Day when I was single. I started in Bible college. Um, I, I said, uh, it's a pagan holiday, and I don't celebrate. <laughs> Real spiritual, right? I was just like trying to play it off there. And then um, my 12-year-old daughter told me there was an acronym for um, Valentine's Day, Single Awareness Day, SAD. I'm like, okay, see, single, singleness can be from 12 to 70, I don't know, but um, affects us all. So my title for today is Singleness, It's a Faith Walk, Not a Cake Walk. Nice, nice cliche, right? So we're gonna look at what is a cake walk. It's a little old school event. Um, This is a picture of a cakewalk. There's cakes on the table. They're numbered. 
And then the people walking around, it's just kind of like musical chairs. The music stops, and whatever number you're on, that's the cake you get. So, you know, it could be the bakery cake or the little homemade one. You don't know. It's just your number. So singleness is not that. You don't just walk around and get your number picked and you get what you get. It's a faith walk. Paul says in 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith. So, and it's a good fight. It's, you know, it's, not, it's definitely not a cakewalk. But while we're speaking of cake... I wanna say something that single people are not half-baked. They're not still cooking, waiting to be complete. Um, Singleness is a season. It's not disease or like a half-baked state. It is not a grim and subhuman condition. Single people are complete people. We're complete in Christ, right? Each one of us. And single people, they're not waiting on marriage to fulfill them because Christ fulfills. So we're all on different journeys, we're all in different seasons, and we all have different stories. Some seasons and stories are longer than others. Um, Again, I just want to reiterate this, you're not half-baked if you're single, you're not half-baked if you're unable to conceive a child, you're not half-baked if you raised your children right but one is struggling, you're not half-baked if you need to work on your marriage. You're on a journey, you're in a season. So we, uh, in this season, we have to remember that God loves us. He has a future for us. We have to trust in his love and goodness. The difficulty or the season we're in doesn't make us less. It's just part of our story. And if we trust in God's plan, we can remember as 2 Timothy 2.13 says that God's faithful even when we're not, even when we flounder, that he's there. So the thing that's the same in all the seasons is God's love. God's goodness, God's faithfulness, God's presence in the season, and God's plan for the season. That's why this message is for everyone, because we're all in some kind of season. I don't want to discount the seasons, but we are talking specifically about the season of singleness. Um, Being single when you want to be married can be a very painful season. Um, The point is that our mission doesn't start with marriage, even if that's our goal, and our journey doesn't end when we get married. So here's a little bit of my story. So I gave Jesus lordship of my heart uh, and life at the age of eight. And I knew at a really young age that I was to be in ministry, that God had called me. Um, And so I figured out after a while, I was like kind of, what was was God want me to do? I was gonna marry a pastor. Um, And I knew that. So, my sister was, got married at 18, I was 17, goals, right? Not much longer to wait, okay. So um, my daddy said I had to go to college, so I found an accredited Bible college, and I figured since I didn't like school, I wouldn't be there long, that you know I'd find my pastor there, right? So I went to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and to a Bible college there, and um, I got my degree, but I did not get my marriage license. Uh, so um, I served pastor's wives. I, I so we're going to talk about this a little more. Just sew into the vision, sewing into what God's called you into. I, I cleaned their houses. I kept their kids. I shadowed them. Just tried to serve, and I looked and looked for what God had for me. All my high school friends got married. My college friends got married. 
my post-college friends got married. <laughs> Kids I worked with in youth ministry, they got married. <laughs> Kids that I taught in elementary Sunday school got married. So roommate after roommate kept getting married. So I began to set goals, you know, on stories I heard or people I knew, like, okay, she's 27, she sings really good, and she's really successful in business, and she, she was 27, and then I'd pass 27. Well, she's 29, and she learned how to fly a plane, and, she, and then I'd pass 29. And so up to about the age of 27, I was kind of like, okay, I mean, I, I was up and down, but I'm like, I can see why God had me wait. I had to learn some things, but then I'm like, God, what, what are you doing? Um, so when I was, so I, I moved to Kentucky. I was in Baton Rouge about seven years. And when I was 24, I moved to Kentucky, a real rural area. Um, I was about 24 and there's, I mean, it was rural. Not many prospects there, okay? <laughs> so I began asking God to bring me my husband for my birthday. Every birthday, I'd be like, God, this would be a great present, you know? And... Um, and then at 28, uh, a director, one of the directors that focused on the family, she came through that rural town. She had family there, and um, she asked me to come work for her. So I made a deal. I'm like, okay, if I'm 30 and still single, I'll come work for you. And um, she started sending me job descriptions and stuff. You know, I had a plan. So I turned 30. I'm like, I can, I can build my career, you know, Christian career, but I can build it, I'll meet people. And I turned 30, and God said, I want you to wait. I'm like, I, I thought that's what I was doing, you know, I thought I was waiting here. And he's just like, wait. I mean, I just, you start kind of hating that word sometimes, you know. And um, so I turned 31 in 1999, no man in sight. It was about the completion. I had been in Baton Rouge seven years. I had been in Kentucky seven years. And I kept trying to make these patterns and recipes. You know, this is how cake ties in. I was like, so that's like Jacob, right? He had seven years and seven years and, right? Okay. I don't know. It turns that PJ, Pastor Jamie, as we said, PJ moved to town on my birthday. I didn't meet him for two months later, but he really did move to town on my 31st birthday. And I met him a couple months later while we were serving in church together. Um, and we, we stayed, started dating about five months after my birthday. So when my, um, the pastor I was serving there, he had met Jamie at a furniture store. And he came back to the office. He was all excited. He's like, Sandra, I found this guy. He has a college degree and all his teeth. He really said that. I mean, we were, this was rural, right? So goals, all his teeth. Uh, but but y'all are going to all notice his teeth next week, right? But, no. but we're not talking about goals. We're talking about cake and faith, right? Okay. So I wanted to share some principles that I found helped me navigate my season of singleness. I think we can apply them to all seasons, but... Um, the first one is position yourself in faith. So what verses are you standing on? What verses in the word are you standing on for your season? So here's a couple of mine. Uh, Exodus one twenty one, And because the midwives feared the Lord, he gave them families of their own. And that, that's an action verse. Um, 
because you're serving families. These, the midwives, they were, they were bringing life and they were serving people. And they, they're, they're, they were having faith, positioned in faith, but they were act, active in faith. Luke 12, 32 says, fear not, little flock. It is my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Everything I have, every promise in there is, is for you. And I enjoy giving it to you. And then God gave me some personal words. You know, like he said, you are well taken care of. And a couple I took out of context, like uh, Isaiah 45, 18. He, uh, he created it to be inhabited. He did not create it to be empty. Think about children. Um, hey, you know what? I, just get in the word, right? So faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. How do I hear God's word? Excuse me, hold on. How do I hear God's voice? Because sometimes Christians, we can struggle with that. How do I, you know, Sandra's up there. She said she had these verses. So if you stay in the word, that's where you hear. And this is where you want to have a plan. You want to have part of the recipe. Um, In 1990, when I was in Baton Rouge, Pastor Larry Stockstill at Bethany, he, we went through the year of the Bible. We all read the one-year Bible. We started it. And I just have kind of kept that as my pattern. I, I still read through the one-year Bible. I will confess that some years have been better than others. And when I get into Ezekiel and Revelation, sometimes I just read the Solomon Proverb for that day. But anyway, um, at this season, I was, re- I was in the Word, just my pattern, daily pattern, reading the Word. And I was, in a, a, I was in a bad relationship. I had been in this bad relationship two or three years. And um, I was like, God, I really want this. But if this is not you, just shout no, slam the door. I want to hear your no. So God slammed the door. I had black and blue toes. And I looked around and I saw this great young man I'm running on purpose with. We're, work, we're serving God. We're serving the youth ministry. And we have a lot of fun. We, changing kids' lives, and um, we're really close, and you know, okay, there's the pattern. I said no to the bad thing, and God's gonna give me the new thing, right? So we're out on the swing set one night after youth group, just kind of going over the night, and he looks at me and he says, you're not my wife. Just out of the blue, I'm like, okay. (laughs) And uh, he said, no, I just really, I, I was praying about it, and I felt like God said, it's not you. I said, okay. And he said, and I don't think we can even be friends anymore because we're getting too close. And I feel like if we're in friendship that I'll be defrauding my wife. And I'm like, okay. So he was a man of God and I felt like he heard from God, but I I went to my prayer closet and I'm like, are you gonna tell me, God? I, I need to hear this. You know, don't just tell him. So I'm praying, I'm in my one year Bible and sure enough, this, this verse just pops out at me, there will be no wedding song. <laughs> and every April, I still see that, okay? But no, but, um, but God, he really spoke it to me. It was almost like, you want a word? There you go, okay. And, and I knew, I mean, I'm like, okay, got it, okay. And um, so you, to stay in the word, it's not Bible roulette. It's part of your plan. You're in the word, God speaks to you. And... Um, You know, it wasn't um, eight years later. So then you think, okay, here's a pattern. I heard God. But eight years later, it wasn't eight years later until God spoke to me again. And and that was Jamie. Um, 
But I heard because I was positioned. I positioned myself to hear. Position yourself in the word and in faith. And then you can fast to hear God and build faith. So um, there was, Brother Kent used to come through once a year at a church in Kentucky and he really operated in the prophetic where he'd speak the word to you and give you a word. And um, we'll talk a little bit more about that, but he came through one year and he gave me, right, right before I turned 31, he gave me a word and he said, you know, Sandra, God told me you've been praying about your family and I just want to tell you it's coming. God's gonna, I'm confirming what you've been asking God for. And so I, um, you know, God told Daniel a word and Daniel went on a fast to bring to pass God's word that he spoke. So I went on like this Daniel fast and I'm praying and because I want to position myself in faith. And um, I was in my one year Bible and, and so a little bit later when I met Jamie and I'm praying about it and God said, right there in, the, right there in my daily reading, today, now is the appointed time. Today is the day of salvation. Now, I had read that verse 11 year, for 11 years in a row, right? For, since 1990. Yeah, all right, to 31, that's right. Sorry, I gotta get my facts straight. I like facts. Okay, so anyway, um, but God, he breathed life on it. He said, this is your word, for now you're seeking me. And when you're in the word, it helps combat the lies because the enemy lies to you about your season. This is gonna last forever. You're too short, you're too tall, you've done too much, you haven't done enough, you're not perfect enough. And you know, we, and my lie was, I thought I had, if I was perfect enough, I'd fit the recipe. Um, and then you look at someone else and say, well, they're not perfect and they're married or they're shorter than me and they're married. And so you can't compare, you can't lie because um, these lies will shake, they'll shake your position. So um, when Brother Kent gave me that word, I remember I went to my pastor's wife and I said, Brother Kent gave me this word and this is what she said. Oh, sometimes he misses it. She really said that. And I mean, I really respect, to this day, she's in my life, she's a woman of God, but I was like, whoa. And that's why I had to really fast. I'm like, I have to hear you, God. I don't want these confusing voices. Um, because sometimes this lady would come through and speak at our women's conference. One time I'd pick her up from the airport and she'd say, are you content? Because God can't send you your husband unless you're content. I'm like, okay, I'll be content. The next year I picked her up, she's like, you don't have a husband yet? You're not in faith. You need to be persistent in faith. You know, like the persistent widow, ask and ask. I'm like, wait, God, what are you saying? So you want to be in the word. Okay, so you're positioned in faith, in the word, and you need to be positioned in purpose. So this kind of goes along with, Shawnee was talking about purpose, and uh, Pastor Jamie was talking last week about the pyramid. This applies to marriage Two, so we tend to be down here on our triangle of my rights, my rights, my rights, my needs, my needs, my needs, and we're supposed to be saying my purpose, my purpose, my purpose. And when you're running in purpose, you start running with other people. And so you're, God cares about your needs and God cares about your rights, but that's not, he, he cares about your purpose. And when you're walking in purpose, he'll take care of those things. So a waiting season doesn't have to be a wasted season. Whatever season you're in, so you're in purpose. You're not wasting it. And I had a, you know, one of the things that singles get is, well, you're not married yet? Or, um, 
what are you waiting on? And so I started saying, you want to hear my verse? Psalm 52, 8. But as for me, I am an olive tree flourishing in the house of the Lord. That usually shut them up pretty quick, you know, (laughs) because they wanted me to be needy. And I'm like, no, I'm flourishing. I'm in God's purpose. And, um, you know, people think sometimes if I'm serving, I'll miss what God's doing. Uh, um, I'll, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll just be used. Well, you know, King David was out serving in the field. He was with the sheep, and God said, that's the king. That's who I want. So you're, he was serving in purpose and being faithful, and God, you're not going to miss it. That was part of the Brother Kent story. He came through every year and gave a word. Well, I was always in the nursery because no one wanted to serve in the nursery when someone had a word. So all the staff would end up, you know, in the, in the serving. And that particular time, someone said to me, hey, you're always back here. Go on out there. So God knew when it was time for my word, when I needed it. Um, God's got you. He knows the appointed time. You just keep serving. And here's the, here's the motto. God, prepare me for what you have prepared for me. So as you're serving in purpose, he's preparing you. He's doing something. It doesn't mean the recipe works out the way you think, but it means let him prepare you. Let him do what he's doing. And, and let's be realistic. I mean, there were some, some days now, but there were some days when I was single, I was like, ah, I'm changing the world. I love being single. I can pour myself out and do all this work, you know. And then other days, I was like blind Bartimaeus, you know, that story where he's on the side of the road going, Jesus, have mercy on me. And he's just begging. To, um, I, I mean, that really happened. I had these missionaries came through that I had been in their wedding years before. They have four children. They're happy. They're serving in Mexico. And they left. I had such a good time. And they left. I got on my treadmill. And I'm just, that's because I'm a little hyper. I had to work it out, you know. And I was just crying. Like, I was really crying out blind Bartimaeus' words. We all have bad days. It doesn't mean we're not in faith or in purpose. It just means we had a bad day. So, um, just praise, readjust your focus, remember the word you're standing on and keep serving. Being thankful helps adjust our focus and helps us stay positioned in purpose. Psalm 50:23, he who sacrifices thanks offerings honors me and prepares the way. I like prepares a way for God to move, whatever you're believing for. Don't be obsessed with what's next. That's hard. What's right now? What's my purpose right now? Some of us have been wounded when we're waiting in the season, the season of waiting. We've been wounded in the waiting. Don't let bitterness come in. Faithfulness is always attractive, but bitterness is not. And when we're walking around bitter, we bleed on people who didn't cut us. You know, we got to forgive. So practice forgiveness don't blame yourself. Don't blame others. Don't blame God. And you know what? If you are bleeding, go, that's another point about being in family, but go, get some help. Go to someone. Let someone walk with you for a healing. It doesn't mean, oh, I just got to suck it up and quit bleeding. Get some help. So we're positioned in faith, positioned in purpose. We want to position ourselves in purity. Y'all knew I was going to get to that, right? Because it's about singleness, right? So purity protects you. 
Proverbs 2.11 says, discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. Proverbs 3.6 says, in all your ways submit to him and he will keep your path straight. So I looked up the word pure in, um, I looked up purity, but it just kind of refers to pure. So I looked up pure in Webster's. It's unmixed from other matter, free from dust or dirt. So, you know, during this season, I wasn't up in some tower asking God about various suitors that were begging at the tower's base, right, for an audience. That's not how it works. You know, purity is hard work because you're going to be tempted swimming against the flow and your natural instinct. It's hard. There's no magic formula. And that's married or single, just committing to position yourself in purity. You can't be indecisive. You have to be positioned, Psalm 119.9, how can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. So stay positioned in faith, stay positioned in purity, don't so compromise. I just want to say too that this is a no judgment zone. When you start talking about things like this, there's a lot of me too's, oh my's, and almost, and there's no judgment here. The right thing is rarely the easy thing. It's not a cakewalk. But if you choose the right way over the easy way, every time you conquer the urge, the urge gets weaker and you get stronger. Sometimes you get thrown a curveball and you're like, wait, I'm following the recipe? It's supposed to get stronger. But you know, that's when you have to really fight hard to stay in purity. Like, okay, that's a, that's a curveball, but I'm positioned. When you apply God's word, not just here, just not just know the word, but apply it, that causes you to live in purity and live in the minority. But it's easier to notice those living in the minority. Um, so how's, how's someone going to notice you single when you look and act like everyone else on Instagram, right? The majority is overrated. Just be the minority. Keep Jesus at the center, so I learned this, this guy spoke it this way in a marriage class 30 years ago, and it's so valuable. The only way you can truly love someone else is to fall in love with Jesus first. The only way you can be faithful and committed to someone else is to be faithful and committed to Jesus first. So Jesus solid and at the center, no missionary dating, uh, my daughter had to ask me that. So what missionary dating, if you're dating someone to win them to the Lord, like that's your mission field, that doesn't work. Because if Jesus is not at the center, so look at this verse, Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, for everything flows from it. So if Jesus is at the center, that's what's flowing. So if you're with someone that Jesus is not their center, that's the mixed flow. That's not going to work. Um, you're going to have all kinds of problems, and um, God is bigger than that. If so, there's people that have stepped there and then seen God move, and God also, I want to say this, I want to go back to the no judgment. God makes all things new. So if you've stepped off the path of purity, start now. Get back on. If you've never tried the path of purity, start now. Start again. There's no regrets. Uh, I mean, avoid regrets. There are regrets, and that's why we want to stay pure. Sorry, the word is avoid the regrets. And um, avoid the traps, because the enemy tries to trap you. And this verse, 
Proverbs 12, 11. I, I feel like this is a purity verse. You can use it for many things, but no discipline, no self-restraint, no self-control, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who are trained by it, positioned. It's your habit. So we'll go to the next point. <laughs> we have positioned in faith, positioned in purpose, positioned in purity, and we want to be positioned in family. Positioning yourself in family helps with purpose, purity, and faith. You have people with Christ Jesus centered all around you, just encouraging you. Psalm 68.6 says, God sets the lonely in families. Psalm 107.41, but he lifted the needy out of their affliction and increased their families like flocks. I feel needy sometimes and I need me familia. I need the body of Christ just encouraging, surrounding me, connect groups, serve teams. I mean, find your tribe. Stay in healthy community. You may be single, but you're not alone. Even married people can feel alone. Don't, don't do life alone. Say yes to hang out. Say yes to man night. Say yes to the she event. Just be around people that have the same center as you and let them encourage you. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, encourage one another and build each other up. I was looking at uh, Exodus 17 where Pastor Jamie was preaching about that the other day where Moses had to hold his hands up and he had Aaron and her and you had Joshua out there and I thought, why so much participation? I mean, sometimes God just blows through the trees and scares enemy. Why so much participation? Because we need each other. We all are playing a role together. God, God put us in, this, in the body with many members in the family. So, and when you're in family, you can learn from other, other people's perspectives. They can augment your perspective, kind of like me talking up here. Hopefully, it'll augment some perspective. So, I want to talk about what are we doing now? We're positioned. We're positioned in faith. We're positioned in purpose, positioned in purity, positioned in family. So, after all this positioning, you're doing your part. You're positioned now we have to let God do his part. And this is why it's not a cakewalk. We have to trust. How do you position yourself in that? So this is super hard for me. I, I, lo I love rules. I love to make rules. <laughs> I like to follow rules for the most part, but I, I like to change the rules if they don't make sense, of course, right? Because mine are better. But um, I'm just trying to say I have issues with rules, okay? I like to follow the recipe. And if the recipe doesn't turn out, it was a bad recipe because I followed it. And so somebody didn't write something, right? So it should have worked. And I can get stuck there. I can get stuck on doing it right. I have a little bit of legalistic roots they're showing. But I felt safe if I did it correctly, um, then it would all work out so that God would be pleased and I would be blessed because I did it right. And rules and recipes supposed to work out. But what did I tell y'all about cake? It's not a cakewalk. Um, 
it's faith walk. I mean, I had everything like roommates, check, keep me flexible, everything I'm supposed to do. I'm gonna tell y'all a couple stories. Um, so I was single and I bought a house at 28 and I was renovating this house or making, I didn't do it all, but I um, drew it out and contracted and all this and I'm working on this house and trying to do all the, everything. I'm involved, I'm in purpose, I'm in faith and in the middle of this renovation, this guy drives up from, that I grew up with, a childhood friend in his red Corvette, drives up to Kentucky and takes me to dinner and um, he says, well, you know, we're both older and single and we're Christians and I think we're probably supposed to be together because, you know, look where we're at. And I'm like, no, no. And I felt terrible. I mean, I felt terrible. So he went back to Tennessee and I, you know, next day I'm at the office and I'm just feeling really bad. And I'm like, God, listen, I will be single as long as you want. I will do whatever you want. Just please no more counterfeits. Please. They feel terrible. I feel terrible. Can we just not do the counterfeits? I kid you not. It wasn't five minutes till the toothless, greasy-haired ponytail dude lay in my carpet in my house, called me, and asked me on a date. I'm like, God, that's just not funny. Yeah, I mean, but it is funny. And God said, you aren't making the rules here. Are you going to trust me? And then during a really lonely season, very lonely season, I I lived alone at that time because all my roommates got married. And um, I listened to a teaching, another teaching on singleness. And in this teaching, the lady was talking about women who have these china sets and they don't use them because they're saving them for when they're married. And so she was saying, you know, get that china out and use it and just you know, the Lord is your husband. Sit with the Lord. I'm like, okay. So I had a little four-piece set of china that my dad won in some raffle. I'd never taken it out of the box. So I take it out. I wash it. I make this tea. I got my worship music on. I'm like, I'm doing this, right? I'm following this recipe. I got this. And I, I mean, I really had a sweet time with the Lord. I'm drinking my tea and worshiping. And then I got a little distracted. I was like, this is really pretty china. I wonder what it's called. And I flipped over the saucer. It's called solitaire. I kid you not, my china was solitaire. I'm like, what? God, I'm doing it right. And he's like, Sandra, I'm telling you, stop it. You know, you can't, God has a sense of humor, yes. But he also, he's like, you're not dictating this season. I'm in charge of your season. And um, don't get discouraged because the seasons look different. Like Mary, God told Mary she was going to have a baby, and she did nine months later. God told Sarah and Abraham they were going to have a baby, and they did 25 years later. What was the difference? Was Sarah not following God? You know, did, did they? No, it's just God's plan. God said, I have a plan. Can you trust me for your season, for, for our season? What's our season? And we don't always know. We don't know if we're Mary or Sarah or somewhere in between, or, but we have to trust him. There's no recipe. 
I raised that kid right. I submitted and served my husband, he still left. I honored the boss and didn't gossip. It was all supposed to work out according to the recipe. We don't understand these things or, or the, the length of some seasons, but remember, waiting is not wasted. God is always moving and working. So I wanna pull this verse back up, Psalm 52.8. I, I shared this earlier, but I didn't share part B. But I am like an olive tree flourishing in the house of God. I trust in God's unfailing love forever and ever. So that's the best advice for the day is go do a Bible word search on unfailing love. And remember that's God's heart for you. So when you get this word and you're positioned and you're trusting and you just have to camp out in those words. I like to call it camp out. And that's what I kind of did. It, I, I went to Hebrews 11 and I said, I believe these things for me. I, I believe God gave me these verses. I believe that I'm supposed to be married. I believe that God's called me to be a pastor's wife. And if I die believing, like the second half of Hebrews 11, then I die believing. But I'm gonna stand in faith. Um, and all these principles and positions, they're not easy. It's not easy breezy three points and a poem and you have your cake. It's hard work to trust. But I, I, I will say that he was worth waiting for. And, and they were worth waiting for. And this was worth waiting for. So y'all know I never had a Valentine, a, 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 a boyfriend or anything on my Valentine till my honeymoon. It just, they always like broke up with me or something weird. It never worked out. But um, we got married February 10th and I had a Valentine. So there's ends to seasons and we have to trust God that he's got his goodness and his unfailing love. And now I'm in a different season. That season ended. But now I have teenagers and I'm trying to apply, I have to apply all those same principles to a different season. God is with you in your season. He's faithful. He keeps his promises. So be in the word, filling up on faith, be in purpose, be in purity, be in family. Do follow the recipe. But then you have to just trust and wait and just say, God, I'm ready for you to move. If I die believing, then I'm commended for my faith. So my last verse today is Psalm 34, eight. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man or woman who trusts in him. So I just wanna close with you all today. Thank you for letting me share with you. And I think there's many of us in this room that might need God's help and faith for the season we find ourselves in. And um, if y'all just bow your head with me today, we'll just pray for this season. Lord, we believe, help our unbelief. We don't even know how to believe without you. I believe that you love me. I believe you have what's best for me, that you're good and you keep your promises. Lord, I position myself. I trust in you and I camp out in, in your word. I love you, God, in Jesus' name. And as we just keep our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I think there's one more prayer that some of us might need to pray today. Just being positioned in family. Some of us in this room need to be positioned in God's family 
before we can go any further in any season. We just need, if, if you're in here and you need to make a fresh start with God, join God's family, recommit to God's family. No one's looking around. Would you just raise your hand to, to God and to be just a signal that you're, you want to start fresh. Thank you. Thank you for that. Just a fresh start today. So if you raised your hand or if you just raised your heart, let's just pray together. Church, thank you for praying with us. Dear God, I want to be part of your family. Jesus, please forgive me for my sins. Come into my heart and make me new. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I don't want any season without you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, y'all.